everyone and welcome to Sharing Everything. We are your hosts, Katie. And Joe. And we are married and we like making each other watch movies that we like to watch. Yes. Joe, what did I make you watch this week? The Notebook. The Notebook? Why have I heard about that movie in terms of our relationship? Is there... There was like some like deal we had, wasn't there? Yeah, we had a deal. Would you like to explain what this deal was? Because apparently I've forgotten. Yeah, so I need to go way back in time. Okay. There is a point in which Joe is very insecure in his manhood. <laughs> okay. It might have had to do with the fact that the first few girlfriends Joe ever had uh, had streaks of infidelity. Um, <laughs> perhaps we could even call them hoes. I'm sure they're very nice women now that they've matured. I'm sure. It, it did not help, I'm sure, that I started dating in sixth grade. Oh. Are you calling me a hoe now? Am I the hoe? Who's the hoe? We're all hoes. We're all hoes. Because we all till the soil of each other's lives. We do. Yeah, so we're all hoes. Anyway, back a- to the notebook. Anyway, so the notebook came out in 2004. I believe. Um, Which was 12 years ago, which means that the notebook came out when I was 12. Okay. Um, Other things that were happening when I was 12. I had my first girlfriend. I don't think I actually started hearing about the notebook like a lot Mm -hmm. until like freshman, sophomore year of of high school, which means that was three to four years after it came out. So 2008, which I think was around the time that Dear John also came out. I think it was a little after that. I'm not, I'm not actually sure when Dear John came out. Um, but this also coincided... I think I think the reason I was hearing about The Notebook and Dear John the most was because this was like the start of Facebook really taking off mm-hmm. for, for our group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and as per Facebook, at that time you were doing what you were doing on Facebook, which was just friending everyone that you had any sort of relation to like at all like if you within if you live within 50 miles of me you're probably getting a friend request because this is just how um social media functioned at the time for those sites yeah meaning there were a lot of people on facebook that i didn't particularly know or care about all that much uh which also meant that they had desires and values and feelings that i didn't necessarily agree with and in some cases made me feel bad such as um, saying things like, why can't I meet a guy like Ryan Gosling in The Notebook or the guy from Dear John? For which my male friend group and I said, well, it's because they're schmucks. Particularly the Dear John guy who apparently doesn't even get the girl in the end. I don't think so. He's just devoted to her selflessly, which makes girls feel good, without the need for them to actually have to also commit. To a man. They can just have someone fawning over them and fawning over them until they get bored of him and then and then leave, which is essentially what what happens in Dear John from my, you know, from what I've heard. Um, this also coincided, too, with, like, Twilight being a big thing and people were like, oh, Edward's so, like, romantic and stuff. And I'm kind of like, no, he's really creepy and that's an abusive relationship. Um, so anyway, I had no interest in seeing The Notebook at all. In fact, the popularity of The Notebook actually made it so that I didn't like Ryan Gosling as an actor or person. Oh, things have changed. Uh, oh, have things changed. <laughs> Smash cut to 
maybe sophomore year of college. So like four years later. Okay. I've been told to see Drive by enough people and I was bored enough that I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm a watch Drive. I don't care that Ryan Gosling's in it and I hate it. People are telling me that it's my kind of movie and that it will change my opinion of him as an actor and everything. And then I watched Drive and said, holy cow, I like him as an actor. I, I find him to be very compelling. Um, so then I started down the road of watching just about every other Ryan Gosling movie that I could get my hands on. The Believer, All Good Things, Lars and the Real Girl. Crazy Stupid Love. Crazy Stupid Love. Um... Uh, Only God Forgives, uh, The Lost River, which he wasn't in but directed, uh, Murder by Numbers, Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. I've listened to the album that he put out a whole bunch. I'm a big big old big Ryan Gosling fan. However, there's that little voice in me, there's that little 12-year-old Joe that doesn't want to be betrayed that says, you still can't see the notebook. You still, you can't. You can't do that to me. You can't do that to little you, Joe. Katie, however, That's since me. since the time I've I've known you, has has been a fan of said notebook. Mm-hmm. And you said for the past seven years of our <laughs> dating relationship, which is almost the entirety of us knowing each other, almost um, give or take like a month. No, I knew you before you knew me, which sounds creepy. That, that fits. <laughs> is that a line from the movie? I feel no. like that's a line from the movie. It could no. be a line from a Nicholas Barnick's novel. But it's not. Anyway. Anyway, so so you wanted to watch it. You mm-hmm. wanted me to watch it with you, particularly. Yes. And I said... No. I said... Because you're a Grinch. I said no because I'm a Grinch. I'm a grumpy old man stuck <laughs> inside the body of an attractive 24-year-old. <laughs> but I didn't say outright no. I said let's watch every other Ryan Gosling movie first. Yes. That is what you said. And I think I think we failed that by about half. I think we watched about half of his movies. Yeah, probably. Um, or at least I have seen half of his movies. Because there's a few of his movies that I've seen that you haven't seen at this point. Mm-hmm. The Believer for one. Um, because after I told you about that yesterday you, you expressed the idea that you never want to see that movie. I don't remember what it was about. But that's okay. You don't have to tell me. Um, yeah, so I sort of said, you know what? Enough is enough. You need to watch this movie with me. And we have this wonderful platform called The Podcast where we make each other watch whatever movies we want to make each other watch. And behold, last night, we finally watched The Notebook. This is true. I'm also thinking now we're we're umpteen episodes in and there has been no vetoes yet, have there? No. And uh, so, yeah, so we watched The Notebook. We did watch The Notebook. Um, So would you like to give us a zippy quick plot summary? Yeah. If you're listening to the podcast, you probably already know what The Notebook is about. The Notebook is about Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams, Noah and what's her face? Allie. Allie. Noah and Allie. Noah sees her at some carnival and decides that this is the woman I'm going to love for the rest of my life because that's realistic and proceeds to... She's glaring at me because that's definitely what she said when she saw me. What? I don't know. Anyway, so so Noah sees Allie and, and decides that he's going to court her very hard um, to the point where he says, when I see something I want, I got to have it, except he stops himself before he says, I got to have it. And he just says, when I see something 
I I want I just gotta love it mm-hmm. or something like that, which is like oh bro bro yeah. oh bro um. So then they have a summer fling, but he's poor and she's not. So her parents are like nah, bro. And and so they have a fight. It's established that they that they're very two passionate people, and so they have arguments often. Mm-hmm. So they have yet another argument near the end of the summer that basically says like. You know, you're the lady, I'm the tramp. You're going to go off and, and do great things. And I'm going to be here and work in the lumber yard forever. So why don't we just break up? And she says, no, come to New York with me. And he says, what am I going to do in New York? And she says, be with me. And he says, burp, 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 burp. And anyway, so they break up. But he's sad about that. So he writes her a letter every day for a year. Aww. Technically, they did not break up because... Her parents made her leave before they could have any sort of denouement to their relationship. I mean, during the fight, they they kind of said that we're breaking up. It was one of those, we're breaking up and we're both heated and fighting and not thinking clearly. But for all intents and purposes, they broke up. Okay. So he decides to write her a letter every day for a year because, oh, how sweet. He's so devoted to her. I wish I had a man like that in my life. And her mom being the dumb poop that she is decides to hide all the letters and not let any of them get to her so after a year of trying poor noah decides that he just has to move on with his life she just doesn't want him he he gave her his entire heart and did everything that he could and uh just decides well i guess i'm gonna go to atlanta with my buddy and then we're gonna join the war and then he's gonna die and i'm gonna go back home and i'm gonna build rebuild this house that's my dream house because his ryan uh noah's dad is super dope and sells off his house and with the gi bill and those monies together they are able to build the house so he rebuilds the house, becomes kind of an implied alcoholic, and and offers to sell the house to people, but no one is deserving of the house, so he ends up living there. Meanwhile, Allie uh, moves on with her life, um, becomes a sort of socialite lady. Um, no, she becomes a nurse for the military and meets the, um, the prince from Enchanted. <laughs> and they fall in love, and he proposes to her. And on the day that she buys her wedding dress, she finds out that Noah has rebuilt the house that they made love in, sort of. So that to her is some triggering thing, and she goes back to talk to Noah. They end up doing it a whole bunch. They argue, and then her mom shows up and shows her, her the and shows Allie the the sort of Noah character in her life, who's like shoveling coal or whatever, and says, you know. I like I love your dad. He's a great dude, but I always wondered what could have been. I kept all the letters and I'm sorry. Anyway, now you have all the facts. Now you know what I did and you know why I did it, sort of. And you are now free to choose between these two adoring men that are both handsome and well off and and love you with their whole entire hearts. And you just get to pick whichever one you want. So she picks guess who the protagonist of the movie. Meanwhile, there's a sort of um, Green Mile type thing happening wherein it's all the parts I've told this far are are flashbacks to the story of an old man reading a story to an old woman in a home. And I guess we're not supposed to know that they're the two main characters. Not at first. Um, Even though, I mean, it's fairly 
like the it's called the notebook mm-hmm. anyway so it's old ryan gosling and, and old um kate mckinnon rachel mcadams <laughs> very different person <laughs> an old rachel mcadams and 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 so noah loves ali so much that she's gotten dementia now in her old age and he's doing his best every day day in and day out for the rest of their lives to get her to remember him for even a second because their love is that strong um and then they die together in bed holding hands yep and that's the movie Mm-hmm. so uh just briefly, what did you think? Uh, this is not my kind of movie at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm a grumpy man. Yes, you I'm, are. I'm kind of pessimistic. Yes, you are. I'm kind of cynical. Yes, you are. But I don't want to be. Like I like I like movies that can can break me out of that. I like movies that can can make me feel optimistic and inspired and mushy, gooey, romantic, and everything. Because you you more than anybody in the entire world has seen that side of me. Um, that, that tender, compassionate, like, you know, I am in fact the type of dude who will give him his entire self and be completely devoted to one person and, and everything. Man, I hope so. Um, (laughs) and you know, like people who don't know me find me intimidating. You and I talk in our own mushy, gushy, schmoopy, boopy language. Yes, we do. It's adorable. Um, so so you know on the outside i'm very crusty but on the inside i am very gooey i'm like a truffle you know i'm a deep fried truffle yum and this movie i think is for people who are mushy on the outside like me yeah like you and and so it's just not for me like i found myself being very cynical in response to what the characters were doing I know. and being fairly judgmental of the characters yes, and, and sort of trying to see this as like a real world relationship, um, which, which I actually think that the, the, the Rachel McAdams, Ryan Gosling romance is an actually not super healthy. Oh, it's totally not. And in, not in real all. life. And so when I hear that people want that, or when I remember that fourteen-year-old girls who I didn't know who was friends who I was friends with on on Facebook wanted that, um, that made me very like I don't know unhappy. It made me feel very grumpy. So you didn't like the movie? There were things about the movie that I did like. Okay. I like those two actors. There were a few really cool visual storytelling parts like when she goes to meet when he goes to meet her family Mm -hmm. he's the only person not wearing white at their sunday dinner like that was really cool and like the really cool top down shot with all the ducks when they're in the boat um there were lots of scenes with ryan gosling with a shirt off that i liked (laughs) um like I, i i liked a lot of parts about his character i didn't feel like she really had a character no um like the conflict in the movie is that this beautiful woman has two beautiful men who love her and she doesn't know which one she should love. Mm-hmm. Um well so I don't know this this movie is essentially the movie equivalent to like a pop song for me. And there are some pop songs that I love. I know. Um and there are a lot of pop songs that I don't love. 
And I think because we were watching this for a show where I tend to analyze what we're watching, I wasn't able to quite enjoy it so much. But I won't go... I won't say that it's a bad movie. I won't say that it's an unsuccessful movie. I just recognize that much like certain musical artists or visual artists, the intended audience for this movie is not me. Um, which was the big joke in One Tree Hill when Skills is when Bevins makes Skills watch the notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see him crying at the end because he loved her so much. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the point of this movie. The point of this movie is not to be dissected. The point of this movie is to have a lot of really warm, fuzzy one-liners in a row until the end, which is this big build-up and, and, and really, really sweet but sad ending. Um, I mean, sad in that they're dead, but I think it's a fairly happy ending. Like... Yeah. Like that's that's kind of the way to go. Like I would I would love to die at the same time as you. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know I know couples often joke about like oh you've got to die first or I I have to die first because I w- wouldn't be able to live without you or whatever. Um, and and we could have that discussion on the podcast right now, but I don't think it would be very fun. Probably not. Um, so the idea of like both of us dying in our sleep together while we were holding each other like that's you know like that's pretty nice like yeah. that, that'd be all right um but like beyond that once i start analyzing their behaviors and actions and things like that's when i start getting like not super into it like like the the closer i look at it the the less i like it um just because i don't agree with hardly any of the things that anybody did in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really like a lot of the things that were said, like, in a vacuum. Like, this is a wonderful quote machine movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it's supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be a quote machine. I think it's a movie that's supposed to be watched in clips. Hmm. What do you think? You don't seem to agree. Um, I think that it is the type of movie that you are supposed to watch when you like either go through a breakup or when you um feel like there's nobody out there for you maybe i think this is the type of movie you're supposed to watch to make you like see like i don't know how to phrase this but like so he okay as skill said he really loved her he loved her so much yeah so i think this type of movie is supposed to maybe make you say, you know what, I deserve somebody who loves me that much. Granted, their relationship was not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of emotional slash physical abuse there. Yeah, she did hit him a lot. That's such a great scene. I loved it. I think, did I, well, did I actually burst out laughing when she started hitting him and his response was to just slap himself in the face a bunch? Yeah. That was so great. Can we just talk about, I want to believe that that was a Ryan Gosling decision and not a Nick Cassavetes decision. Like, I don't know anything about Nick Cassavetes. I've looked at some of his other movies and he doesn't just make, like, schmoopy um, romance movies. So mm-hmm. it might have been his thing. But that was such a great 
that's such a great choice either on the part of the actor or the director because like that's how you get someone to stop hitting you like that's if someone who loves you is is super angry and they're slapping you around like that's such a great response is not to hit them back but to just be like this is what you want (laughs) because it's so ridiculous anyway so so you were talking about um emotional and physical abuse there's definitely some manipulation that's happening there too yeah but continue um so i think like while it portrays a lot of things that aren't necessarily what we aspire to have in our own relationships it does like show us that like you know you go through hard times either by yourself or with your partner and you'll get through it um and it just shows that like you deserve to have somebody love you unconditionally like he loves her um so i do think that it has a specific audience but i think that that audience can change throughout somebody's life if that makes sense so like right now this isn't like the movie for you but i kind of think like if you maybe you had watched it when you were younger when you didn't want to you might have had like a different like reaction to it it's possible um so yeah i uh i have always loved this movie i watched this movie with my mom so many times and we have cried a lot um so this is definitely the movie for your mom yeah because my mom does work with dementia patients um oh i mean even just even like without that element yeah yeah how so just with the men that have been in her life that's true yeah yeah my mom uh is a wonderful wonderful woman and she has not gotten nearly as much as she deserves she deserves ryan gosling i will say that Mom she deserves does ryan gosling. she does deserve ryan gosling too bad he knocked out babe mendez but whatever almost two years ago i know or over two years isn't ago. she pregnant again is she pregnant I again think she is oh my god that's a um, lot of beautiful people in this world i know <laughs> um anyway but yes also my mom does work with dementia patients and so like I've just heard stories from her, like how like heartbreaking that is to see the type of thing that older Noah and older Allie had to deal with, um, and like I don't I huh, I don't even like thinking about it. But like if if that happened to either of us, that's just it's probably one of the worst things that could happen. I think is to like be physically there, but like mentally so deteriorated that like. You don't even know yeah. anything, which is terrifying. I, w- I think I would rather have like a terminal cancer than like Alzheimer's or dementia. This is not my favorite topic of discussion. I know I brought it up, but we're going to move on. <laughs> we're going to talk about something else. Okay. Um. So you had mentioned that you thought that Allie was not like didn't have like a very strong character. She was mm-hmm. kind of just the pretty girl who was there and she was like in a love triangle and that was it. Yeah. Um. A love why? Sort of, yeah. Because if it was a triangle, then yeah, Noah and and Prince Charming would have also been in love with each other because the, there would have been three sides to the triangle. But rather, their two points going towards Allie, and yep. her points are going back, so it's like a V. Okay. <laughs> Semantics. You're really cute. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Um. Okay. So, um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. You are just like... Allie is not a character. <sighs> okay. So... <laughs> Keep it together, woman. <laughs> Still um, got like 40 minutes to go. <laughs> okay. So I agree that Allie was sort of the... She's just, the vessel for the audience. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I did sort of, I like I, uh, I kind of disagree also because I was thinking, um, throughout the movie that like we got such small snapshots of their life, their lives, mm-hmm. ev- like every character, we got such small little pieces of who they were. But I felt like it was really well done, and that even though I didn't see what happened to this character last week or and I'm not going to know what's happened to them for the seven years in between, like, I feel like I knew them because mm-hmm. what was shown, I felt was really strong and portrayed a lot of character choices. Like, for example, at the beginning, um, well, sort of towards the beginning, there's um, the scene with Noah and Allie um on the beach and she's in the water and she's like do you think in a past life i was a bird and she starts dancing around and like cawing or something and he's just looking at her like you are insane um but then she's like runs into his arms and she says am i a bird and he says you're a bird and then she said are you a bird too and he says if you're a bird i'm a bird yeah so which is probably one of the most quoted lines of this movie is it yeah okay just because it's so sweet uh, yeah it is it's like he's he's essentially saying like wherever you go i will yeah. go too um, except to new york apparently <laughs> but the thing is like so that was a really strong thing and it sort of showed you that like he showed you right there that he was devoted to her mm-hmm. he was in love with her he would do whatever she asked him to do basically mm-hmm. And then when we fast forward after he's built the house and there's the scene when he just gets out of bed or Martha just gets out of bed Mm -hmm. after they made love or whatever. She's in the kitchen. He's still laying in bed and she's saying, hey, do you want to go to this place this weekend? And he's like, no, I have to work. And she's like, but please, I don't remember what she says. And it's just kind of like he shuts her down at every single Mm -hmm. thing that she says. And I'm like, that is such a wonderful like, like. I don't know, is that juxtaposition of, bless you, <laughs> bless your heart. Um, <laughs> it's such like a wonderful juxtaposition. It shows you exactly how devoted he was to um, Allie because you might say, oh, that's just his char- or his personality. He's just an agreeable person. But mm-hmm. nope, you see he's not. He was shutting that girl down at every second. Yes. So I thought that was like things like that were really well done to just show you who this person was. Um, yes, for Ryan Gosling's character, but not for Rachel McAdams' character. Not at all, you don't think? No, she's just like, "Hey, I want you to do this thing," and he's like, "Yes." Um, like, so so his character over the course of the movie grows, and her character doesn't, and even shrinks. Right. So at so old Noah fully functional old man he's only really living in the old folks home so he can be with his wife mm-hmm. she has dementia and can't remember him most of the time yeah um at the beginning she is restrained and wants to be free which is why she wants to be a bird and why there's so much bird imagery in this movie it's it's about freedom mm-hmm. which is like high school level symbolism but whatever <laughs> it's it's a movie for teenage girls it's fine um that that was really patronizing it really was Thank you for recognizing that, because I was not very happy with what you just said. Um, even still, um, it's still very high school symbolism. Birds equal freedom. Like, okay, great. Awesome. Um, I don't think Nicholas Sparks is exactly like, you know, the most literary writer in the world anyway. I've not read any of his books, but 
I'm just going to go out a limb and say that he's a step above like Harlequin romance. Oh, definitely. I've read his some of his books, a couple. They're very engaging. They're obviously not like assigned classic high school reading, mm-hmm. but they are like you get a lot out of yeah, them. He's 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 not necessarily David Foster Wallace. Anyway, so so her character I say shrinks because at the beginning of their lives together, right? During the the the, the first part of the flashbacks, she is doing all these interesting things. She has a bunch of friends. Um, she paints all the time, and that's the thing she does for fun. Ryan Gosling comes around, and they do a whole bunch of fun stuff together. They stay out too late. They go do they go to movies, which she hasn't done in a while. Mm-hmm. But all of the character things I'm getting from her at that point are she lives a very structured life because of her parents, and her outlet is painting. Then near the end of the movie, she goes up to her fiance mr brunette rather than blonde rather than blonde uh he and she says oh man i've stopped painting and this man who's marrying her says i didn't even know you ever painted right so she like the the thing that like makes her alive and makes her more fleshed out of a character and less of just like a vessel is ryan gosling like he's he's kind of a manic pixie dream girl for her only the difference is that he does he has a progression. He starts out working in a lumber yard, and then he moves up to being a welder, which is a little bit more of a skilled craft than just stripping bark off trees. Then he's a soldier. Then he's like an accomplished carpenter. He, he rebuilds an entire house and by all uh, evidence makes furniture to sells as, sell as his livelihood. Like he goes from a guy who just strips bark off of logs to using wood to make like beautiful functional art. Mm-hmm. So he... And she goes from a person who paints because that's her one outlet of creativity to doesn't really paint anymore and then has dementia. Like she, Well, I have, uh, I'm sort of wondering if she actually was a painter in the beginning. Um, like, she brings a painting over no, 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 for, no, no, as no. a gift. What I'm saying is she like didn't remember that she knew how to paint. When he asked her, so what do you do for fun? She's like, fun, I don't do anything. Um, so, like, yeah, I think she probably, like, painted and maybe took, like, classes or something, but I don't think it was, like, her life's passion, Mm. like, like, what you just said, it was that she was a painter before him, and she wanted to be one after him or whatever. I think it was more sort of, like, another one of her structured activities that she found a little bit more joy in than everything else, but I don't think that because of Ryan Gosling, she stopped doing that. Or because of Lon, she stopped doing that. I think it was just one of those things where she didn't, like, love it as much. And she asked for the painting room in that house um, that Noah built or rebuilt because, like, she wanted something. Like, she Mm. wanted something to be hers like that. Okay, that's fair. Uh, That does just add to my argument that she's not really a character who has anything. Like, she's a bundle of wants. Mm-hmm. and no drive to get it um which is fine because if if this movie is structured towards younger women and girls um and it's meant to be a feel-good movie you don't necessarily want the message to be sometimes you have to be uncomfortable and work hard and defy your authority to get what you want um because that's not the message of the movie. The message of the movie is someday your prince will come and he will love you as much as you deserve to be loved. 
Yeah. I think another important thing to remember, though, is that this took place in 1940. So her, like, life expectations were to study really hard, get into a good women's college, become a wife, and be a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what she expected for her life. So she didn't have all these aspirations because she knew she wasn't going to do anything besides be a wife and a mom and maybe a society lady or something. Okay. Well, then my question for you is, does this movie mostly, does their young lives take place in the 40s so that that can be a function of the story to explain why she doesn't have much of a character? Or is it because they didn't want old Noah and Allie to be taking place in 2030 so that their love story could be in modern times. No, I think... Or, and and along with that, the 40s is just kind of, like, pretty, right? Like, the dresses and the music yeah. and the cars and his, th- his cute newsboy cap. I think it was just a choice to make it more of, like, a nostalgic story. Mm-hmm. Because probably a lot of Nicholas Sparks' audience are people who probably grew up in the 40s. He himself probably was a young person in the 40s. Actually, yeah, I guess I wouldn't know. Like, Actually, I think he's younger than that. But, like, it's just, like, a story choice. Like, I don't think it has anything to do with trying to dupe people into saying, oh, yeah, the, she doesn't have to have a character. It was the 40s. I think it was just sort of like a... It's a love story with two older people. They would have been growing up in the 40s, yeah. so let's use that to our advantage kind of thing. Okay. See, that, that's just what I was trying to get at. With, with your point that's like, well, it's the 40s. This is like what a woman would have been doing at the time. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't necessarily even consider this movie like a period piece. Yeah. Like, they didn't try to make the dialogue period accurate, really. Uh, they used the same one jazz song three different times. Mm-hmm. I was watching the credits, and they have that song in three different versions Mm. of like the five licensed songs that they have so um what do you think about the story within a story kind of thing um i shrugged uh i i i can i I can dig it i like it oh i'm trying to think this is funny because a lot of the thing a lot of the other movies that this movie made me think of were horror movies what yeah because it made me think of murder by numbers because this came out two years after that so it was still baby gosling before like his nose job and eye eye lift Mm -hmm. um the lighting reminded me very much of legend of hell house because instead of orange lighting it was very yellow um when they were trying to do the color contrast of of like the the blue tones with the warmer tones Mm -hmm. which which is an older style of lighting to have the conflicting color uh temperatures but it was very yellow. Like this movie was very yellow, and so was Legend of Hell House, which we just watched together for fun mm-hmm. recently. And then the story within a story, specifically taking place in a nursing home, reminded me of The Green Mile, mm. which has Tom Hanks. So everything about this movie reminded me of horror movies, which is strange. What? But but the the story within a story concept, I don't mind we just watched arrival not too long ago which you could argue is a story within a story and i loved that movie Mm -hmm. it is a structure that i don't mind i don't mind um non-linear stories yeah so 
The problem with doing a story in parts like that, where there's lots of different parts, is that each different type of part has to be just as interesting mm-hmm. as the other ones. With, say, high fantasy novels, they do this a lot so they can make the stories longer. Because a fantasy novel is supposed to be like 20 to 70,000 words longer than a standard mm-hmm. novel. So what they do is they take two novels with two different groups of characters, smush them together, and have the stories intersect. Yeah. But my my dad, who reads a lot of those, would always complain that there would be cha- entire chapters because of this method of telling stories that he just didn't care about. Because there would be a group of characters who he just, he just didn't care about. They didn't yeah. gra- grab him. So when you do a story within a story like that, you have to make both characters interesting. And... I mean, this story did it well enough. Like, I knew from the beginning, I, I called it almost immediately that, like, oh, that's that's Ryan Gosling and, and, and uh, uh, Ava McAdams. Ava Green. Who am I talking about? Rachel McAdams. Forrest Whitaker. Um, so I kept thinking of The Princess Bride, which is another story oh, within a story. Oh, yeah. That's, that's even more apt than Green Mile because Definitely. that's a, a person reading a book to a person. Yeah. Um, and what did you think about the little kind of twist that the notebook was written by her? Yeah, that was cool. Um, because I I kind of assumed that the notebook would be written by him, mm-hmm. but it was also not surprising because it was a very selfish thing on her part. Why was that selfish? Oh, I guess I haven't gotten into exactly the things that I found selfish about this movie. But as I was watching this movie, I kept thinking about how selfish love is. Um, A lot of people seem to think that love is very selfless. I actually feel, especially after watching this movie, that love is a very selfish thing. Uh, and, And, like, think about it. Think about how painful it would be for you to watch me descend into dementia, right? Just, just just that, right? Just watching me forget who you are and, and who our future children will be and everything. I thought I said I didn't want to talk about this. Exactly. Now imagine I wrote a book and said, read this to me every day and I promise I'll come back to you. Yeah. That would destroy you. You would die before me because the stress of that would literally kill you. I I agree to some extent that that's a little bit like do this for me because you love me. I know it's going to kill you to read this to me every day. But I also think that it was a very sweet thing for her to do to write down their love story so that he could keep it forever. I mean, yeah. like... Well, that... Exactly. Like, that's great. Like, the because the camera, the pan, camera, like, tilts down mm-hmm. on that. So it's just... It just says, like, the story of our love written by, you know, the, the female character... And then pans down to that. So, like, I was on board until it said, read this to me every day and I'll come back to you, I promise. But I also think that she did that for him. As much as she did it for her, I think she did it for him, too, because she knew, um, I guess, kind of how much crap she put him through. And so maybe she, like, said, this is my way of, like, saying I'm sorry or thank you or something because she gave him this tangible like reminder of their love mm-hmm. um and honestly i think the read this to me every day and i'll come back to you like 
I don't know if she maybe meant it to be literal and he meant it to be literal because yeah. like he loved her that much. He's incredibly codependent. Well, <laughs> he just loved her so much. Okay. Um, like I think it was probably more of her like saying, I'm sorry that I'm leaving you again. Um, so I want to give you this so that I, you'll know that I'll always be with you kind of thing. Sure. Um, so I think it was maybe more so meant as a gesture to say, I'm here. And he took it as a, I'm going to actually read this to you every day so that you can come back to me for five minutes kind of thing. Sure. Art is subjective and that's fine. I disagree, but that's fine that that's how you see it. Um, but like that scene where, where they're dancing or whatever and, and she's remembering him and then the switch just flips off. Mm -hmm. Like that sucks. That yeah. that sucks for both of them because she's just an old confused woman who is now being traumatized by some man in her room and it's traumatizing for him because he's watching the person that he loved who who he spent all day trying to get to remember him yeah who has now remembered him for a grand total of like 30 seconds descend into madness right before his eyes and start screaming at him to leave excuse me yeah I think that that um, is obviously very, very sad. And But I think the thing is that he's holding on to the hope that this will be the time where she remembers until she falls asleep. And then in the morning, she doesn't remember yeah, something. The, the 51st date scenario. I don't know why, but I got irrationally angry with you. You got when you real mad <laughs> when I said, oh, this is the sequel to 51st Dates. Uh, you got real mad. <laughs> Ooh. It was so, ugh. Well, because you, ugh. <laughs> I can't even, I'm not talking about that right now. I think that's a sweet <laughs> movie, too. That's one of the few Adam Sandler movies I like. Um, But, yes, I think that the whole him spending his days where he is still relatively able to be independent and do whatever he wants to do in this nursing home with her trying to help her remember by reading them her their love story is like i think it's like okay so maybe this is where i'm agreeing with you too like selfish for him so that's that's the thing is i i, I couldn't tell who was more selfish I, they definitely both were selfish i think i think that's the conclusion i'm, I'm coming to is that they're both just very selfish people but Okay, and I know I said I didn't want to talk about this. Sure. But what would you do in that situation? If I wrote down our love story and I put a little note in there and then I succumbed to dementia, what would you do if you were him and you were still healthy? Oh, I'm blinded by my love for you that I would do it. <laughs> like, I can look at other people and be like, oh my God, that's that's something that's totally unfair and, and really painful for him and it's kind of selfish for her because she's not even going to really be able to acknowledge it. I would do that for you in a second. Aww. You know, like, yeah, obviously. Like, of course I would do that. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, You know. On the other hand, if, if I started getting dementia, I would probably just kill myself before the effects really took hold and make it look like an accident. And it's just like, oh, old Joe got in a car accident and that's real sad. Why wasn't he wearing a seatbelt? Who knows? Um, you know. But Why yes. Why do you have to say that? 
I was riding high with that sweet thing you just <laughs> said, and now I'm about to cry for a oh. completely different reason. Um, <sighs> I also feel like maybe this movie and doesn't know how dementia really works. Because I feel like that, like how it was portrayed in the movie is not really the way that it works. Why? I mean, you you definitely do have moments of being lucid and like recognizing everything and remembering everything. It's sort of like the deeper, like the longer you have it, the deeper you sort of fall into like, you're never going to come out of this. And if you do, it'll be for a minute and then you're back. Hmm. That see, it was pretty accurate. I would say. Do you? Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just the times of her being lucid and not being lucid were just very convenient plot-wise. Well, obviously. Which again, you know, this this guy uh, Nicholas Sparks is 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 not some like he's not Joyce Carol Oates, and that's no. Fine. But I think like we are definitely supposed to get the impression that this is a thing he does literally every day mm-hmm. and like it works maybe like once a month or something. Yeah. And, and they, they do some hand waving in the script about that too. And it's, you know, this is, this is the, the, the time that it works the best. So of course this is the time that they're showing us in the story. And of course, like that's, that is when you make the movie but is now, during when things are happening, unless you're Ter- Terrence Malick thinking about it though like that i i feel like that would have been like also a very incredibly moving story if it didn't work but like we like somehow whether it's through another level of flashbacks or something we know they had worked before and this time it didn't and then they died how sad would that be that see that would be dope Dope, that's a good movie that's that's a movie that'll tug my heartstrings Ooh. Oh, yeah, because he's having like all these arguments with the doctors and stuff yeah. where they're like, just because it worked one time six years ago doesn't mean it's going to work again. She's too far gone. Yeah. Oh, man, that'd be that'd be awesome. No. Someone make that movie. Like, <laughs> um, so let's bring up another movie that has a man who is in love with a woman who doesn't remember him. St. Vincent, where Bill Murray's wife is is in the the, the home. Oh, I completely he, he forgot in, about that little and, subplot and he, there. He comes in, he like dresses as a doctor and does mm-hmm. her laundry. Like that's 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 sweeter to me because he's doing it for himself, but he's not going to put her through that and and he's doing it for her in that he's a, just a positive figure in her life. He's going to give her all of the happiness that he can in in whatever way he can. And that is not by trying to beat the memories out of her, but by just being cheerful near her, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and doing little things like doing her laundry instead of letting the nursing home people do it. And again, that's more for him than it is for her, but it's still very sweet. Yeah. And like, I like that a lot better. Obviously the notebook wouldn't be the notebook if, if that's how old Noah acted, mm-hmm. right? There, there would be less conflict and, and it wouldn't be as heartfelt, but I don't know. That felt more realistic to me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Even though you just said you would do this for me. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm realistic. No one has ever accused me of being realistic. All right. <laughs> I'm an artist. <laughs> um, would you like to talk some trivia? Yeah, let's do trivia. All right. So there are a lot of very 
on the IMDb page because I'm not just pulling this trivia out of nowhere. Um, there are a lot of very similar pieces of trivia, and I will try to sure. condense them, but everything's pretty interesting, actually. Um, Ryan Gosling built the kitchen table featured in the movie in preparation for his role as Noah. Mm-hmm. That's also on the Ryan Gosling trivia page. Oh, boy. Um, let's see. Ryan Gosling prepared for his role by living in Charleston, South Carolina before filming began. For two months, he rode the Ashley River every morning and built furniture during the day. So he was sort of a method actor. He was sort of method acting, sure. Um, Everybody knows they didn't get along at first. Mm -hmm. And that Gosling tried to have McAdams replaced. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I think I knew that. I think I heard that in an interview. To improve the relationship between the leads, director Nick Cassavetes staged an intervention by bringing them into a room where they could air all the grievances they had with each other and work something out. They soon patched over their differences, enough to become a real-life couple for some time. So here's the thing. Like, in everything I've ever read, I've never figured out why they didn't like each other and what these grievances were that they needed to air. Like, I hope it was something dumb and superficial. Like, she gave me a dang guy the first day i met her something i don't know what it could be but maybe she didn't like his cocaine habit or something he didn't have a cocaine oh he watch him in certain late night interviews he definitely does cocaine okay um let's see do 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 um the whole scene or a whole scene telling the backstory about the notebook itself was cut out which I think is probably for the best. Yeah. Um, the scene, <laughs> the scene where Noah drives up and crashes into the gate of Allie's Summer Manor was a fluke. They ruined a perfectly good gate, but managed to get a great shot. Oh, <laughs> poor gate. <laughs> um, Nick Cassavetes wanted someone unknown and quote not handsome to portray Noah. Therefore, he cast Ryan Gosling in the role. Young Gosling was not as pretty as present day Gosling. He really wasn't. When he was a kid, he was cute. And then he went through this weird, awkward stage. He was gangly for a minute. Yeah. The 2000s were not good to him. As soon as like (laughs) 2010 came around, though. Ooh. Um, The third film adaptation of a Nicholas Sparks novel. Um, Oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling were both born in London, Ontario, Canada in the same hospital. Hmm. Walt Whitman quoted in the classroom scene, do I contradict myself and other parts of the movie, had a long friendship with the 19th century London, Ontario psychiatrist, Dr. Maurice Buke, who is depicted in the film Beautiful Dreamer. Um, a factual error. When Noah and Allie are dancing in the street, there's a Coca-Cola sign on the building behind them that reads, Coca-Cola, it's the real thing. The Coca-Cola slogan for 1940 was, the package that gets a welcome at home. It's a real thing to not become a slogan for the Coca-Cola company until 30 years later. Which is kind of a long time for that to have, nobody to have noticed that. But. Which is which is also weird because this movie was not made in the 70s. No. <laughs> so so they just, they grabbed some intern were like, find an old Coca-Cola logo. Mm-hmm. logo. Um, but yeah, a welcome package at home. The package that gets a welcome at home. Yeah. That's, I mean. <laughs> not great. <laughs> it's, uh, there's a joke in there about my penis. probably um let's see the after seven years Allie and noah scenes were shot first and then the cast and crew went on a christmas break ryan gosling had to lose the beard and 20 pounds as he'd had 
he'd had as the older Noah and come back to play the young Noah. Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling were rather shy and unsure around each other in the after seven years scenes, but were more comfortable together in the young Allie and Noah scenes. Um, the pictures of an older Allie and Noah through the years are actually the personal photos of Gina Rollins, who was older Allie, of her and her husband, John Cassavetes, who is the director's parents, mm. um, with James Garner, older Noah's face, photoshopped in over John's face. <laughs> um, Gina Rollins, who played older Allie in the movie, is Nick Cassavetes' mother. Um, Ryan Gosling wore brown eye contacts because James Garner had brown eyes. Um, the second love scene with Noah and Allie was originally longer and more explicit. It had to be edited in order to keep the PG-13 rating. Mm. So there we have it. There's some there's some pretty good trivia there. Um, yeah. There, uh, I, I actually... I really think it's interesting. Like, I like it when they give you details about the order that movies were filmed in because mm-hmm. I always think about that for some reason. Because, like, I can always tell if something is shot, of like, way after or way before something else. What were you going to say? You're going to like the movie I have for next week. It yeah. was shot chronologically. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> oh, boy. One thing I wanted to talk to you about before before we wrap this up yes. is the two old people did not look uh, realistic as uh, older versions of the two younger characters. No. No. I thought Allie was pretty good. Maybe. What what issues did you have with it? I don't know. It just, uh, it just seemed unrealistic. Like... And maybe maybe this is just because like they're movie stars or whatever. It's just like I don't see seventy year old Ryan Gosling looking like that. Well, no, but like we don't know what he's gonna look like. I, I know. I just I just don't expect him to look like that. I, I this happens a lot in in movies, and that's why with better technology, they just put old person makeup on on yeah. the actual actor themselves. Like in Back to the Future. Like in Back to the Future. Have you seen how accurate that actually was, though? For Michael J. Fox? No, not for him. For, for Christopher Lloyd? For, like, the people who played, like, his parents. Oh. And Biff. Like, they looked like that hmm. when they made the movie, like, 30 years ago or whatever. Well, that makes sense, because you're just putting makeup on a person already. Yeah, I know. That, that was me agreeing with you, saying, yeah, yeah that's the way to yeah. go. And, and that's me Agreeing with my agreement? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was doing. All right. Give me some surveys. Survey says. Let's see. That's my favorite Jewish night is survey. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) More like oive. Pick three relevant items or props from this movie that you'd want with you if you were stuck on a deserted island. Shotgun. Given. Boat. Horse. (laughs) cheater (laughs) fine i guess that fits um which character would be the first to die in a horror movie um probably the guy who actually died oh (laughs) finn (laughs) okay um let's see because he didn't even die heroically he just got bombed yeah he did (laughs) what a schmuck (laughs) Um, 
Hmm. I'm trying to think. Like, I, I want to do a different one that's not on our list. Okay. I want to be a little bit unique this time. Go for it. Um. What do you think is the most mundane thing that Allie wrote in their love story notebook? Like, how detailed do you think she got? Oh. Can I be a jerk and be like, aside from the whole thing? You already did. Okay. Um, Give, okay. Give th- me two mundane sentences that you think she would have sentences. written in their love notebook. I don't know if I could do something specifically because I didn't listen all that hard to the diction, but probably something about like their fights or one of their early dates. Mm-hmm. But it but it did seem like she was trying to be pretty flowery with, with the language. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. So, you don't think she included anything like... On Wednesday, I made you oatmeal and you yeah. didn't like it. Yeah. No, probably not. Okay. As, as this was the tool for... R- breaking the icy grip of dementia she probably didn't say and finally after a month of nagging you went and fixed the car (laughs) probably not she probably only put in the real memorable stuff okay is there anything else you would like to say about this lovely movie that i have finally succeeded in making you watch um Yes. If you are a young person listening to the show, love is not like that. It's better. The It is better. The most realistic part of the movie is when she's like, but we fight all the time. And he's like, yeah, but I want to work through that with you. Mm-hmm. That's probably the, the best part of the movie in terms of looking for examples of what a good relationship should be. Is you want someone who will work through issues with you through use of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, which they don't really show happening all that much. However, that's a wonderful idea. More so than someone being really attracted to you or, or having a ton of passion for you. Is someone who is willing to work through things with you. That that is what makes love work. I agree. Yes. <laughs> um, so where can people contact us? Noisemakerjoe.com slash sharing everything is the website. And you can email us at sharing everything show at gmail.com. And uh, what are you planning to show me next week, my love? Only God forgives. Is that another Ryan Gosling movie? Yes, ma'am. Oh, boy. All right. Until then, keep talking, keep loving, and keep sharing. Bye now.